We are live. I'm Seth 3.0, wishing you a very happy new year and sending you my best wishes for 2023. And uh, you're going to need them because 2022 was really hard on the crypto industry. But you know what they say, once you hit that bottom, you can only get back up again. So today uh, we're looking forward, offering perhaps a glimmer of hope for the new year and to help lift your collective spirits and get you excited about all the great technical ecosystem developments and uh, technical developments happening this year. I've gathered a rockstar panel. So we've got Felix Luch of Chorus One. We have Sonny Agarwal of Osmosis, Sam Hart of the Interchain Foundation, and Cryptocito of, well, Cryptocito. The man and the brand are inseparable. Um, and we might have a surprise guest uh, come in uh, during the panel. So will this panel offer bullish optimism or be the bearer of bad news? Well, you got to stay tuned to find out. And by the way, none of what we discuss here is financial advice. You should always do your research when it comes to crypto. Before we get started, make sure to hit the like button, the notification bell, and subscribe to get notified when I go live every week. Cosmos in 2023, that's coming up next right here on The Interrupt. Welcome uh, to this very special edition of the Interop. Thanks for joining me. Had a little issues there, technical issues on the. I don't usually do live streams with like five people, so I just like mess with my whole setup. But uh, glad you could make it. Uh, glad we're all here. And like I said, we might have a surprise person join in uh, during the show. So yeah, um, how's uh, how's everybody's New Year uh, starting off? And uh, and also, how what's your sentiment right now uh, in terms of like crypto and the Cosmos ecosystem, like more generally? Someone wants to start with that. I want to just start by saying um, thanks for for setting this up, and I love this format. Like this is highly professional stuff. I feel like I'm on CNBC or something right now. So <laughs> really, we'll talk uh, later. Really cool stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it was. I feel. I felt like it was really good the last two three weeks to uh, decouple a little bit from the crypto madness, uh, crypto Twitter madness every day, twenty four seven. So I personally spent some time with family. I'm sure most of you as well. I uh, traveled a little bit um, and yeah, but uh, I'm very happy to be back. I got a new camera, uh, much Looks better good. quality now. So <laughs> I am stacking in the bear market and yeah, excited to talk about Cosmos. Yeah, we're still hearing the backing track. Seth, can you turn that off or like, I mean, maybe we can uh, go like this. Okay, so, so that's, no, 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 that's... <laughs> See, I couldn't, I couldn't hear it. That's why I was, too, yeah, thanks for letting me know. Uh, yeah, it's a bit no worse. No I think I was at a club, like, trying to talk about it. This is what I do at the club anyways, normally. I'm just talking about crypto, so. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, same for, for me, for CryptoCito. I also tuned out, like, for a good two, three weeks almost now. So that's uh, quite interesting. I think I did better than ever before in the last five years in terms of like not paying so much attention to what's happening. So I think that's good. Uh, I feel like, yeah, similar to when we were in like 2018 or 19 bear market, like long going sideways, but lots of stuff hopefully happening in, in parallel. So yeah, excited for, for this building period. Yeah. Feeling pretty bearish. 
uh but personally <laughs> yeah it's, it's time of like personal healing um nature is healing um i guess like some personal news is i am wrapping up at the icf um have already wrapped so i'm super excited to do stuff in the ecosystem i've been kind of like larping doing that for for a little while just like talking to lots of teams and trying to make sure that they're okay and it's in the right direction and now i get to kind of do that more full time which is great is, that, is this alpha are you announcing this here on the podcast that uh that you're leaving no, no. the icf or people know this already i i posted about it but um okay i haven't seen that yeah it's real now <laughs> What was the question again? Yeah, well, what are your, well, how are you feeling right now about the whole, when, about the whole when system? And... That's the question. Sorry, what? Back up. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, yeah, same. Got quite re- got, I was very AFK for like the last like week and a half, which was kind of nice. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I, the, I, I don't know. I, I feel like our team has actually been feeling really, um almost rejuvenated after the ftx collapse it sounds kind of terrible but like it was there was a period there for like where it's like you know there was a lot of questioning of like what is the point of DeFi? um and we saw we had a thesis on what the point of DeFi was which was like largely around privacy but like our like take you know we had like some investors we would talk to and stuff who like we're almost like bearish on DeFi because they were just like well, FTX is just doing, you know, the, the premise of DeFi was like getting access to these, like, w- you know, getting global access to like more asset classes. And it's like, you know, and it's like, they were like, oh, but FTX is just like figuring out the regulatory compliant way of doing this somehow. And like, so, and there, there was actually a little bit of bearishness on DeFi as a, as a whole. And I think that like, that kind of just all got really reversed after that. And it was like, wait a second, look, like the, this whole thing of like, you know, not your keys, not your coins, like, you know, don't, don't trust verify. It's like, you know, it was just a reminder that we needed, I guess. And so, you know, our, our team has been like, yeah, okay, this is why we're building a deck. So, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a little scared that you're going to, you're going to kick this privacy thing down the road though. Like, I still think that's the core. I agree. No, no. So it, it was like, so that, that was our like, I, I think that that was like still one of the main things that like DEXs can do better than central. They, you literally just can't do with centralized exchanges, in our opinion. But like, but also just this notion of like, it seemed that people had just fallen complacent and just like trust centralized exchanges. And it's like the trustlessness was no longer the like, I feel, it, I don't know, to me, it felt like for a while, the trustlessness aspect was no longer the selling point of DEXs. And that, and like, and I feel like that, that came back to the forefront again. Yeah. And that's kind of like why we're thinking a lot about like, okay, custody and how do we make the UX around that kind of stuff much easier? Yeah. I think I echoed that sentiment. My, you know, uh, as uh, FTX was was collapsing, um, it's funny. Like we were in uh, my my co-founder and I were in in Dubai and we were you know talking to investors trying to raise funds and we were at this very like kind of tradfi asset investment investment manager conference and like our our point of view you know at that 
at that time. And, you know, what we've maintained is that this, uh, this is actually long-term going to be good for crypto while everybody else was seeing it as just like this catastrophic, catastrophic event from which crypto could never recover from. I think I'm, um, more, more bullish on decentralized apps and DeFi and the whole, you know, foundational promise of crypto than I, I've ever been after this, because it just demonstrates how badly it's needed. And, you know, obviously privacy, as you mentioned, Sam, is like a, is, is a, a very important part of that. And one that the industry needs to work on um, further. But if there's one thing, I think that signals to me that, you know, the next couple of years is going to be um, huge for, for, for decentralized finance, uh, at least uh, one, one very positive signal that doesn't get talked a lot, talked enough about is that, you know, the, the regulatory framework in Europe, Mika, um, excluded DeFi from, from its, from its first version. And to me, that's like a huge relief that where, you know, a year ago, it, it wasn't clear whether or not like there, we would be able to continue to innovate in DeFi. And the European commission has given us sort of a green light to continue innovating in the space. You know, mind you, stable coins might 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 be regulated, but but at least the the, the types of things that we're all sort of rooting for and passionate about um, will 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 continue to be able to uh, to develop at least for the next couple of years until they pass a new set of regulations. You know, that that will be more adapted to 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 um, to decentralized finance. So, so yeah, I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling pretty bullish uh, at this point and like pretty optimistic about the next year or two. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's like, there are a few topics here that I, I wanted to talk about and, uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll have, we'll have time to go through all of them, but hopefully we'll get to touch a little bit on each of them. And I feel like there's like three big topics that, um, there are so three main topics that I think are, is on a lot of, a lot of people's minds, um, or at least mine. And one is this, this idea of like modular blockchains and app chains and um how how we reason about what are the different types of applications that's that are going to want to uh, uh build on each of these different infrastructure uh design choices and then there is interoperability not just in cosmos but beyond cosmos i feel like there's some uh there's a lot of positive um there's a lot of positive uh um signs that IBC is being adopted beyond the Cosmos SDK, you know, ecosystem where, where it was birthed. Um, and then the other big thing I think that will be huge is uh, the impact that native USDC uh, will have on the ecosystem. And in addition to DYDX launching uh, as an app chain and just the amount of volume that DYDX can bring to the ecosystem. So th those are three big topics that I'd like to talk about. And then maybe, um, you know, other things that um, that are also important is like, okay, shared security is coming to Cosmos. And I think I think that topic's been thoroughly discussed, but if we have like new insights, uh, certainly we can talk about that. And also, um, you know, how that relates to MEV and, and also liquid staking. So um, yeah. Let's, let's let's maybe start with uh, how, how's that sound? Do you, are, the, are those uh, are those things you guys feel comfortable talking about here? All right, let's do it then. So yeah, app chains, modular. 
are they complementary or are they competing theses? Like, and how how will this sort of play out in your view over the next uh, year, especially as Celestia uh, plans to launch sometime this year? We have protocols like Fuel also that are tackling more of the execution and settlement layer. Um, you know, how will this all jive with the app app chain thesis? Is it uh, complementary or, or or competing with the app chain thesis? Have some thoughts on this. Um, Go for it. I definitely think they're complementary. Um, there, there are efficiency advantages and um, security advantages to um, to the kind of like fully modular um, Celestia kind of model. Um, there are inherent limitations. Um, so you are kind of assuming that the uh, you're doing no kind of boundary breaking operations. Um, so there are applications that you just can't build in a, in a fully modular way. You need to have integrated components. Um, I think that's great. Like I, Cosmos is about diversity. Like we should have as diverse an ecosystem as possible. Um, one of the things that <clears throat> I think is maybe under appreciated about the modular thesis is um, just the fact that like Celestia or the, the kind of data availability provider um, has a direct incentive to like build out an ecosystem um, and and kind of make sure that it's healthy. Um, so that is something that I, I think is really positive um, and, and will end up being kind of complementary. I'm, I'm really glad that Celestia is in, in Cosmos so that there can be that, that kind of like cooperative effect where like they have a really rich dynamic ecosystem. It looks a little bit different than other things that are, that are around it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's super, super exciting. Do we think that do we think that Celestia launching and and building this ecosystem will help bring well a like more developers to uh, the broader Cosmos Interchain ecosystem and 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 also liquidity uh, to the ecosystem or do we think that um, that you know the the Celestia ecosystem will sort of live in its you know, as a as a somewhat detached uh, ecosystem from the rest of what we typically know as like the IBC ecosystem. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I think they're work doing a lot of stuff on making it so you can turn Cosmos SDK based chains into rollups. And so, you know, at that point, the fact as long as these chains have IBC enabled, I think that's sort of what will make it. Like, I, I don't. Like, you know, it's it's similar to, like, it's very similar to like, um, you know, if a chain uses ICS with the Cosmos hub, it doesn't make it so it's getting security from the Cosmos hub, right? But that doesn't mean it's like, you know, okay, it has to route its IBC packets and stuff through the Cosmos hub. It still has its own, it will still just do like peer-to-peer -peer IBC just like any Cosmos chain today would, it just where it's getting security from. And, and, and I, my understanding is the Celestia model is like very similar. Yeah, there's, there's one caveat, which is you do need to build clients a little bit differently, like clients 
and mm-hmm. you know people should have realistic expectations like the the client design stuff is lagging behind the other development so like maybe the main chain will be connected once Celestia launches but like it's going to take time for the rest of the like the rest of the rollup to get integrated into IBC yeah so, so so what it sounds like is that you know if we can take Cosmos SDK chains and effectively you know turn them into rollups uh, what what is that you know let, let's say like some large chains decide that they want to sort of rid themselves of the hassle of dealing with validators and, and, and so their own security what does that mean for uh for staking providers uh felix is this something you guys are thinking about internally like yeah hey, we're gonna lose like half of our uh half of our stake uh and, and our revenues to chains that decide to just you know roll up need to get a lot of stake on celestia I think it, certainly, I mean, yeah, the role of like the node operator is changing, I think, in, in a lot of ways. I think, right, this is one dimension of it. I think you also mentioned like ZK, zero knowledge stuff. I think that's also in a way impacting how much you rely on validators as the sort of like uh, party bringing security. And, and so it, in that sense, the role diminishes, I guess, a little bit. So you might not need like that many validators anymore in the future. I think at the same time though, now we have this new ecosystem joining, I guess more developers in Cosmos in general, uh, more sophisticated applications that have like different needs. So there will be new roles for new node operators to carry out. Uh, I think we already saw a lot of it over the last years, right? Starting with maybe like, you know, Oracle providing Oracle data, you know, uh, whatever else doing like ZK proving or verification of that. I think it's going to be like definitely developing, changing, but if you stay on top of, of the game and, and follow these new roles and find your uh, a niche there, you can still find something, right? There's always still something that needs to be run, uh, even more so, I think, right? Chains get bigger, more computation, so there's, there's a lot to do. It's just kind of a changing role, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that's... One one thing I'd say is like you know this was people think that like rollups are okay with like single operators like single provers and I think that's actually really wrong. Um, you know the rollup architecture gives you safety, but it doesn't give you liveness or censorship and MEV resistance, right? And like for those two, for the other two things, you still need a decentralized operator set. And, you know, at least all the Ethereum L2s, it seem, I feel like they all have like a roadmap to decentralization, but I haven't seen any actual like efforts towards that. I actually think Celestia is like the, the, the ecosystem of rollups that are being built on it because they're already so familiar with Tendermint stack and everything is actually probably we're going we're gonna to start to see the first like properly decentralized uh, rollup architectures. So, you know, I, I think that's pretty exciting. Um, one thing I'll add about Celestia in general is like, I, I'll say one thing I never quite understood is this part of the, the part of the modular thesis that doesn't really click that much for me is like why I feel like settlement for, okay, for, for a, if you're moving towards a rollup model of the world it doesn't make sense for me for settlement to be separated from data availability because the entire premise of settlement is a claim like settlement exists uh, is basically a say way of saying like hey 
we know data is available. And so we're going to finalize this, right? And so like this idea that settlement is a separate system than data availability feels odd to me, right? Like in Ethereum 2.0, the claim is, okay, Ethereum, or not 2.0, whatever, just Ethereum, I don't know. They call it 2.0 or not but it's like in ethereum the idea is that like okay the ethereum base chain is both the settlement layer and the data availability layer. that is a model of the world that makes sense to me in the cosmos architecture the app chain fully vertically integrated architecture it's like okay you know it's like okay the execution the settlement and the data availability is all one stack that makes sense. You can separate execution from settlement and data availability, but I just don't understand the Celestia model of the world of separating settlement from data availability. I, I just don't see the point of that. So I, for me, I feel like either Celestia has to become a settlement layer as well, which just makes it any just like any other L1, or yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my where I'm kind of stuck on this. Yeah. I, I see it. I mean, a lot of this comes down to like, very kind of fine points around the the like fork choice rule and where you're sort of sourcing data in in these kind of like edge cases. Um, but I I think it's fine to, to outsource it, particularly if you have um, alternatives available. Um, and you can even kind of store data temporarily to to work around fork choice. Um, one note about the the modular paradigm or just like modularization in general is like mm -hmm. the fact that you're able to modularize something means that it is going to be commoditized. And so like this Celestia mm -hmm. validator set, like the validators there are going to be commoditized. Like the, mm -hmm. so there's going to be, um, you know, kind of the similar effects that you see in commodity markets where you you have large players that are able to to bring like economies of scale and um, and then the revenues are are kind of like driven down to a minimum. Yeah. I, I think I mean speaking of the commodification, right? I think that my, my my kind of thing with Celestia is I actually just see their data availability stack just becoming like copied into every Cosmos chain, right? It's like, so it, it's interesting that like when there's like services, it's, uh you know, it, 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 it's interesting to see what different chains choose to outsource versus internalize, right? Like, for example, bridging, right? It's interesting. You see some chains decided to outsource it, right? Osmosis has said, you know, we're just like, okay, we're outsourcing this to a different chain. We don't want to handle it. While, you know, other injective, for example, you know, they completely internalize, right? right. They run their own gravity bridge uh, instantiation. And like, so I, I'm interested. Something like threshold decryption, I actually fully expect that like every chain is just going to fully internalize it, right? Like you know, our team and Anoma are like doing a lot of the dev work, but we actually expect it to be just like forked into every like most Cosmos chains will just put it into their own code base. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with like data availability solutions. Are people going to want to outsource it to a chain like Celestia, or, or is it just going to become a module that everyone imports into their own chain? Sito, on the community side, what are you, what are you seeing like in terms of sentiment around like the app chain and, and modular uh, thesis and 
um, yeah, what kind of projects are you seeing, you know, that are uh, excited about like building, uh, building on the modular stack? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I had an interview with uh, Nick White, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, and he actually said, going back to your original question about uh, whether the modular like thesis and the, uh, the app chain thesis are complementing each other or competing. He actually said that like Celestia is basically a, an app chain for block space. And I think um, they're like also super um, core Cosmos. I think they don't consider Celestia being, you know, an app chain thesis killer or whatever. Um, so I think it's quite complementing. And what I see, like, I mean, I'm not too deep into that, um, you know, side of the things, but I think what you can already see is that um, especially a lot of the people also from the Ethereum community are really excited um, to see all these diverse developments going on in Cosmos in general. And I think, um, yeah, we're just going to see so many projects. Like at this point, honestly, I lost oversight of everything that's going on. It's like just too much going on. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Celeste is definitely exciting. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see when they launch, how they will play out. As Sam said, I think building out the ecosystem is is uh, really, really important. And it will, it will be interesting to see like if they can kind of like deliver upon upon the promising uh, the promise of the technology itself so yeah mm. hard, hard for me to say but yeah definitely interesting stuff yeah i think felix is having some connection issues hopefully we get him back um what one thing i've, I've really found hard to reason about is like so you know a, a lot of a lot of the sort of imagery like if you if you search like modular blockchain like you'll get this you'll get this graph right that has settlement execution settlement data availability consensus on one axis and then like modular and monolithic and all the different validium and sovereign roll-up and um sevmos and you know like uh, a settlement roll-up etc and I, I find it's not extremely helpful like it, it helps to understand the different configurations, but it, it's not really helpful in understanding, hey, I've got a blockchain idea, right? Like I want to build an app. Which of these different infrastructure choices is right for me? Mm -hmm. And the way I've started thinking about this, and I don't know if this is correct, but I, I, I see it as kind of, um, you know, in the same way that in Web2, there are like, you you can you can build an application, you, like you, you can build a website on WordPress or on Squarespace and like, to me, that's that's going to be the equivalent of building your app as a smart contract on Ethereum or on a smart contract rollup. And then, as you as you grow and as you need um, more sovereignty and more control over uh, your execution uh, environment, like the settlement, and then all, ultimately getting all the way up to building your own app chain, which to me is kind of the mm -hmm. equivalent of like you know, Google and Amazon building your own data centers, their own network infrastructure. Um, their own uh, even hardware, you know, you're, you're going to be able to choose from any one of these solutions and you, it might, you might evolve, right? So you might go from um, having a, uh, a settlement roll up and going to like a sovereign roll up where you have more control over your stack. And, you know, maybe that's the equivalent of building your business on AWS, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, some, or, 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 you know, some, some, inferior version of that would be like to build your app on Vercel, right? Where you're limited in, in what you can do and the types of infrastructure that you have. So like, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to reason about like how this maps out to, you know, different levels of scale and different sizes of applications and 
which point at which point do you say okay like we're going to upgrade from say like a sovereign roll up to building our own app chain because we need to be perfectly integrated we need to control uh, like different aspects of our tech we need to have you know more granular you know governance um alignment uh we need to uh, be able to internalize mev this sort of thing so yeah i, I haven't seen anybody you know present it that way and 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 sort of thinking wondering what you guys think about like this idea of of thinking in it from this use case perspective. Maybe I can just share like in general what I think. I mean, you mentioned DYDX earlier, right? They're like the perfect example. Like they moved from Ethereum um, itself to uh, L2 solutions. I think there were another one before it and they went to Starkware. Now they're building their own Cosmos app chain. Um, and I think they just figured out, you know, by having an active product, active users, that they, they need to evolve and they need to find the best infrastructure that they can build a product on. There was another project called uh, Syntropy that just announced they're going to migrate over from Substrate over to Cosmos as well. And I'm yeah. seeing a lot of interest also from other projects. <clears throat> I think one thing might just be, and I'm not you know technical at all, so I can't comment on what's the differences between Cosmos SDK and, and Substrate, like in detail, that depends on the use cases from the developer perspective. But I think it also comes down to like, where are actually users? Where is liquidity, right? Where is stuff going on? How is the UX there? And I think, honestly, like in Cosmos, you just have so much, um, uh, you have, it's all interconnected through IBC. The UX is really great. There's an active, passionate community, sometimes too passionate and it turns into drama. Um, but uh, I'm sure we all have seen that uh, over the past months. But I think that's a feature of Cosmos, right? That you have all this stuff going on. And um, yeah, that's why you also see a lot of developers choosing Cosmos. But um, the, the product launch will then decide um, if there's, um, you know, if there's also anything going on there, right? Like if you look at, for example, at Cardano, right? Like Cardano has been promising to be the next big thing, the Ethereum killer for so many years. Yet you saw just a project before Christmas, just like shutting down the entire project. And it was supposed to become the DeFi hub of Cardano. Um, there's like other projects that have never launched. They don't have users, they don't have liquidity. So I think it's a mixture of a lot of technical things, but also where the users, uh, how is the UX and, and also interoperability, which I think is probably the, the name of the game for the next couple of years is like, uh, you know, what's the most trustless. I mean, we, we've seen so many hacks and, uh, uh, rocks on on bridging solutions, centralized solutions um, in the last year or two. So I think um, if IBC continues to prove itself to be reliable, secure, and efficient, I think that's also going to drag in a lot of projects and developers. So yeah, yeah. Well, let, let, maybe maybe let's use that as a segue to our next uh, the next point here, which is um, bringing more liquidity into the Cosmos ecosystem, which I think uh, you know I I, I think will be uh, great in terms of attracting, you know, new users, uh, developers, but also just actively uh, people, you know, trading on, on different platforms and, and investing in projects. And um, so USDC announced that they're launching on Cosmos this year. Also DYDX, you mentioned, is coming uh, to Cosmos, I, I think, this year as well. So what impact do we think that's going to have on the ecosystem um, as these things start rolling out. Yeah, I hope my internet will not leave me. I'm dropping in and out here. <laughs> I'm in like some hotel, so I'm uh, sorry for that. Anyway, so 
I think, yeah, DYDX is a big one, right? If you look at it just in terms of like trading volume, right? DYDX is, is definitely probably the top DEX and all the big market makers are trading there. Now, if, if it migrates in a way that like everything goes to the Cosmos chain, which I don't think will be like, the problem with DYDX is it's very opaque right now in terms of like what they're actually doing, what they're working on, what's gonna happen. So we can only like speculate, but I think probably they will make it like somewhat of a small, slower rollout, right? That it's like a migration that takes some some months or years until like all the volume is on, on the new Cosmos chain. So I don't think the impact will be that immediate. Um, I guess in general, probably not that much will change in, in my opinion in the next few months because just we're in a bear market and there's just, you know, it will just be like, you, you got to build your stuff now. And then in the next bull market, we'll see what was the right choice or what was good. Um, so, but yeah, that, that's kind of my view, but like obviously all big uh, kind of validations of the Cosmos stack and the Cosmos thesis. And as, as, as CryptoCedo already mentioned, right? All these other projects migrating. Um, yeah, you hear a lot more also from VCs about Cosmos. So I think everything on, on the right track. Um, yeah. So any, any any thoughts on the USDC uh, front? Uh, I know you, you know you're probably following this pretty closely. So, mm -hmm. um, no, I just think I mean, uh, people do put a lot of weight on bridge risk. Obviously, uh, maybe probably rightfully so over the last year. But um, and so if you look at like the major you know if you look at the incentives on osmos on the osmosis pools you look at the osmo usdc uh pool and it's actually like the aprs are quite high and are is actually not managing to bring in more liquidity which it you know means that that pool has been somewhat saturated even relative to other uh pools and which makes me think that like, okay, a lot of that, you know, th there could be many reasons why that pool is, you know, not bringing in more liquidity despite the higher high incentives. And I think a portion of that is that people are, are, you know, put a really high emphasis on this bridge risk. Uh, and so, you know, if we can move it over to a native uh, Cosmos native version of the stable coin that, you know, then you, you remove one of these big sources of bridge risk. And you see this in like, you know, other ecosystems in general, that once you have a, a native stable coin, it ends up getting a lot more liquidity. Um, on the other hand, no, I will say that. How I much would... liquidity? How much liquidity? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <What's> the... <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. How, I mean... how much liquidity right now is in, is in um, uh, bridge USDC on Osmosis? Uh, Roughly? I can tell you, uh, it is about thirteen point five million dollars right now. Okay, so it's it's come down a little bit in the last yeah. few months. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I mean, the liquidity is generally paired with Osmo, awesome, right? So, yeah. I mentioned this before, but like liquidity is like the big concern in Cosmos right now. And mm -hmm. to be perfectly honest, like. I don't think it's going to get a lot better this year. Like, DYDX is coming, USDC is coming, all this stuff. But like, we're talking about late in the year, and it's going to take a long time to mm -hmm. to ramp up adoption. Um, the the 
two, well, the, the more relevant liquidity events are basically going to be liquid staking is number one, I believe, and lending markets starting to open up. Um, but I still think it's going to be like really dry out there for the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one other stat I'd add though is you know about thirteen million dollars of USDC in li- the liquidity pools, but there's about forty million dollars of USDC on the Osmosis chain. So that means that there's still about like you know twenty seven million dollars that people are just holding in their just sitting there sitting in their balances, right? Um, so you know I. I, I but you know, I think that hopefully we can get those numbers even higher if once uh, you know some more data yeah. are available. I think one thing also being this kind of like you're exposed to the impermanent loss often with USDC in, in the Osmo pools right now, right? So mm-hmm. if there would be like some stable swap pool between native USDC and, and some other types of yeah. stablecoin, maybe the Agoric stablecoin, right? Like a three pool type thing. I'm sure that that would gain a bunch of liquidity. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. I would definitely like to see more stable coins. You know, uh, I while USDC is great, I don't want to put all our eggs in one basket. We've already done that once before in Cosmos. So I don't want to do that again. Uh, like, you know, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see more Tether, BUSD, like more centralized stable coins. But then on top of that, also more decentralized stable coin liquidity. Right? You have like USK and Agoric, and you know. Uh, the Frax folks have been actually really interested in like issuing native uh, Frax in, in Cosmos as well. So like, I think um, like doing something, yeah, getting more stable coins is important. Bring UST back, you said, Felix, in the chat, private chat. <laughs> Isn't there like an Osmosis stable coin in the works? There is no Osmosis stable coin in the works. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> And what about what about all those staked ions? What's uh... oh well, that's I mean that's a different project, right? Uh, I mean the, the the plan for uh, ions are yeah. I mean, for step one is just to build the IBCX index, right? Like that's just and then you know this hasn't not been approved by ion governance, but then it's like okay, and an idea of what to do after that is like you can drive some initial usage usage of IBCX by issuing a rye reflexor like stable coin backed by ibcx uh that's but that's sort of like you know down the road step one is uh launch ibcx first and ibcx will be like an index of cosmos tokens yep yeah a lot of folks are doing that like i know also club is doing something like that uh the folks over at loom they've got their index now yeah yeah is it, a, hmm. is it a passive index? Because it'd be cool if it just tracked all Osmo assets. It, it is passive. What do, you, what do you mean by passive index? Or it, yeah, it's, uh, it's a passive index. The, uh, yeah, well, the, the the DAO does have to approve which assets get appro- added to the basket. But then, yes, the, it is algorithmic on like what the composition is. So, uh, Felix, you're having a hard time staying, <laughs> staying, staying up on this call. I can see. Uh, hope, hopefully, uh, things will get fixed. My USD comment wasn't appreciated. 
<laughs> yeah. I um, I made a proposal. I I'm in like the Terror Rebels chat, and as a joke, I made a proposal. Not not as a joke. It's uh, as a joke. I, it was like, hey, you should rename it from USTC back, back to USC peg it to one cent and then restart the mechanism all over again and they were like oh wait that's actually not a bad idea and, and they're like they're like actually like thinking about it so i don't know maybe we'll have it back again bring back ust but only at one dollar that's <laughs> at one cent usc <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, interoperability, uh, I, I think one of the things that I'm quite, quite excited about, and, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of, uh, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of this percolate up is, um, is this idea that we can have, uh, IBC, uh, connected, um, uh, to, to other ecosystems. So, you know, if there are, uh, people working on, uh, IBC connections to Solana, to Near. Uh, to Avalanche, there's people like I think also on Ethereum, like Electrum Labs working on like an IBC connector. Um, and then, of course, there's the whole prospect of ZK bridges. Uh, I know Polymer is working on that stuff. Um, yeah, how, how hopeful are you that we're going to start seeing some meaningful connections uh, this year to, to, to bridge the gap, pun, pun intended, with uh, other ecosystems? Um, I'm I think we're definitely going to see them like for the other ones, but I also want to add as well. We're also going to, like, I think actually the first like non uh, Cosmos SDK IBC connections are actually going to come from like, you know, what we'd still consider Cosmos ecosystem stuff, but does not build on the SDK stack, right? So you have like Namada is launching or did it already launch or it's launching very soon. Um, yeah. uh, you know, that's not based off the Cosmos SDK. You have Penumbra, you have, you know, Anoma down the road, Nomic. So, you know, you actually do have a lot of, um, you know, non-Cosmos SDK. I, I actually think those will probably be the first uh, non-Cosmos SDK-based uh, IBC, IBC implementations. And then uh, beyond that, though, I, I, you know, I know the substrate one is coming along, like, very well. Like, that's probably going to... I imagine that's a few months out, probably. But, like, that, I, I, I definitely see that happen, coming pretty soon. Yeah, I initiated the collaboration with with Polkadot for the Web3 Foundation like three years ago. <laughs> and I mean, shout out to Composable and shout out to Strangelove. Like they're doing so much hard work to make this happen. Um, Strangelove in particular is like, they are deploying IBC into like multiple ecosystems. Um, it's super, super impressive. Mm -hmm. One thing that I think we, we kind of figured out this, this year ish was like the, the correct, like organizational configuration that's required to, to actually do these integrations. Cause it's really hard. Like the, you need to know the, the kind of architecture code bases of multiple different ecosystems. They're all very complex. Um, you know, you're talking about building and integrating light client machinery. IBC is pretty compl complicated protocol um, when you're initially onboarding and stuff is like expensive. A lot of teams just like run out of gas halfway through. So um, yeah, there, 
there's kind of like a, a commercial element that's like super important to, to deliver these things. And I think um, ready to add also, um, as far as I know, Composable is also, <clears throat> they're not just going to bring IBC to the substrate world, but also uh, Cosmosm, right? So I yeah. think they're very, very bullish on that. Um, so yeah, that's also exciting to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm in general just very bullish on Cosmosm as a whole. I think somewhere around, I think it was right around Cosmoverse. I, you know, our, our team has always been like, you know, one foot in, one foot out on Cosmosm, right? Because like we, you know, I mean, our, 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 admittedly, our team was like way more comfortable with the Cosmos SDK. It's what we'd been working on for years. Um, and, you know, now we do have a few people now who are like, you know, very proficient on Cosmosm. But like, you know, we always try to like prefer to write things in the SDK as much as possible. But at, basically at Hackwasm uh, in Colombia, we kind of just made the decision, you know what, like we are going to start writing core functionality of our chain in Cosmosm at this point And like core cross-chain IBC composability stuff is going to be in Cosmosm. So like we have the IBC rate limiting contracts that we have. Um, like that, you know, so th th that's our like first module in osmosis. That's like in Cosmosm, all of mesh security is being written in Cosmosm. So our take is just like, you know, all chains got to adopt, all Cosmos chains should be adopting Cosmosm, e even if in a limited form, right? It doesn't have to, it can, you can have like a permissioned upload similar to how osmosis does. But like if any chain that doesn't is going to get left out of the like composability, the, the next generation of IBC composability like stuff that's happening. Do we have an idea of like how many Cosmosm developers there are in the space? And um, yeah, how, how many, how many could come into the space this year? Like 10, 12, Just 10 Cosmosm developers. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, it's, but it's, it's, there's so few. I mean, we're talking about like, one to 200. Uh, mm, I don't know. I, I I actually don't think that's true. I think they're, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the electric capital uh, developer report to come out for the year. Cause I'm sure that, oh, that, yeah. that'll have uh, have it. But like, I, I, I mean, largely I think it's, I mean, you know, keep in mind the entire Terra ecosystem was all Cosmosm based. Right. And there was actually, you know, there was at least like 50 projects like, building on on that stack and like let's assume each of them had like an average of at least three to four developers right there were i i i think there's definitely more more, more than that but yeah so um one thing that uh was here in the rundown that i also want to talk about is and we, we touched on it a little bit is liquid staking um so liquid staking came online uh, late last year with Stride. Quicksilver finally launched a couple of weeks ago, but had some pretty major hiccups getting started. Um, what's your outlook for liquid staking uh, for for this year? Do you think, uh, like you, you mentioned, Sam, that you think it's going to be a, a pr pretty significant in terms of bringing new liquidity in the space? Uh, how bullish are we on on liquid staking given the current state of things I, and I did not how complicated it. it's been? 
You, I mean, but you said I, something. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. I, I said of the the meager amount of liquidity that we're going to see this year, liquid staking is going to be uh, one of the, you know, maybe the largest contributor that in lending. Um, and yeah, I mean, my there's a bunch bunch of super strong teams working on liquid staking. Um, in my kind of taxonomy, I would also consider inner fluid staking part of liquid staking um of course yeah missed that one uh, and i think like all these solutions are you know needed um but it's gonna take it's gonna take time like uh six months from now you know maybe we'll start to see some traction yeah i i totally agree to that i think the important thing for liquid staking is that you know, we have these st strong teams building cause and wasm stuff. And like, especially, I think, developing like uh, interchain queries and interchain accounts and like really testing that. Um, I think that's that's really the best outcome there. I also expect minor, um, you know, actual liquidity for, for the most part, but um, we'll, we'll see. And sorry for disconnecting. I guess I'll, I'll do it maybe one last time and, and I'll have to leave. I'll, the stream somehow doesn't like me or the hotel doesn't like it. Uh, yeah, any, any any other things to add here on liquid staking before we move on to the next topic? Um, Sunny. Yeah, Sunny, everyone... you're, not, uh, you're not interested in liquid staking. It's, uh, you know, it's... I'm not the biggest fan, but it's you know it's it's not the hill I want to die on. I think there's way more important. It's something that's like you know I don't want to sub necessarily support, but it it feels like something to me that's somewhat inevitable. And uh, you know, can you expand yeah. a little bit on why why it's not something you're you're really willing to support? Or like yeah, what's your thinking around that? I mean, you know, I think I talked about this. I've talked about this a lot, but, you know, this is kind of why we designed superfluid staking for osmosis as it was a way of saying, I, I think I think liquid staking is almost a undermining of the, like, point of stake, uh, of, like, proof of stake, right? Or, or at least the unbonding periods and proof of stake. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it undermines proof of stake security in, in, in a way. Uh, what we have been doing is like working with like stride to like come up with how do we like make it safer so like you know i think there's there's definitely way things you can do that like make it so it less undermines the security of proof of stake so you know it, it's not it's not, i i think the where we're going to end up is actually something that i'm okay with which is why it's like you know not the hill i'm going to die on you know i think there's more important stuff to tackle what, what about, um, how, how do you feel about liquid staking? Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it kind of becomes, ops, uh, I mean, you know, this whole idea of like Babylon and, and, um, and, uh, having Bitcoin security support, mm -hmm. um, uh, proof of stake security. And then also that being able to reduce the, uh, unbonding periods. Um, they're pretty orthogonal. I guess it's, yeah. So there, there is no, there's no like one dimension of security. Security is like a very multifaceted thing, and Babylon's really cool, like big supporter, but it doesn't really solve the issues that liquid staking has. Um, I've spent the last couple months 
trying to go around to every single liquid staking provider and talk to them about like the key security issues around liquid staking. Um, just get them thinking about it, like see what their strategy is. Um, also, if anybody in the audience wants to talk to me about this, like I'm trying to do my part to make sure that this is a secure system. Um, I'm also really glad that superfluid staking exists like as a, as a kind of counterpart to liquid staking. Like I, I really think that there needs to be much more differentiation in the liquid staking market because mm -hmm. as it's configured right now, like it's gonna be winner take all. Like they're they're not differentiated sufficiently. Mm -hmm. Like so if you wanna have liquid staking diversity, like you need to to basically mm -hmm. win win some market. Um yep. so <clears throat> that that's I think the the optimal outcome from a security perspective is to to have a couple different options and to have these options really competing to provide the the most secure product. So my I actually my my take is I actually not I don't know if it's gonna be winner take all. So okay, my bet on how I imagine the liquid staking ecosystem evolving is actually that it will end up that DeFi apps are actually going to be the liquid staking providers. So, you know, let's say you have something, let's say something like IBCX, right? What, what IBCX is going to do is it's not going to accept um, like ST Atom and ST Osmo and ST Juno into its index. What it's going to do is accept Atom, Osmo, Juno, Secret, whatever, right, into its index. And then the DeFi protocol then goes stake liquid like stakes those assets and and takes the yields from those rewards um, and does whatever it wants with it. it distributes it to token holders to you know gives it to IBCX holders you know they put it as liquidity incentives you know they can do whatever it wants with it but like I, I think that DeFi apps are going to want to sort of own that part it's gonna it's gonna be one of the main revenue accruing aspects for i think a lot of tvl driven DeFi apps i i think that that's one uh so just to clarify my statement like i i don't think that uh i, I hope that mul there can be multiple winners but in my mind basically stride uh quicksilver and um, I mean, Fire. basically everything except Osmo is insufficiently differentiated. Like there will be one winner in that market as it's configured right now. And they need, and, and it's okay. Like the, the, I, I hope that they will differentiate further. Mm -hmm. um, so that like, that's one option, what, what Sunny just mentioned. Um, I'll, I also think that there might be an option in, um, uh, routing, com combining with routing, so that you're you're doing all the kind of unwinding type services um, and kind of just-in-time liquidity as part of the liquid staking. Um, well, th th this is the, like the kind of like explorations that people need to do in order to to actually survive. Yeah, I guess the one thing I'm actually like most worried about with liquid staking is this whole like leverage staking stuff that's been happening that I feel that's actually just like really silly almost like you you know people are taking uh you know 
putting, you know, borrowing, uh, it, this happened on Solana, right? They, they borrow soul, they stake it, use that stake soul as collateral to borrow more soul, stake it. And they like leverage loop where they, they've actually only put up a little bit of amount of like initial capital. And then they are getting staking rewards on a far larger amount. And then what ends up actually happening is who ends up taking the risk is the people who are lending out soul on the, um, uh, lending market and the problem is that when you have compound style uh, like many to many lending markets like I might want so basically those people who are lending out the soul they're taking on this like risk and that like almost ha it almost had a cascade failure uh, during the you know, during the whole FTX collapse when Solana was like crashing like crazy, like um, soul lend was about to go effectively illiquid but like some whale basically stepped in and like you know covered it but like the problem is like in, in that market the the people who are depositing sold they might have wanted it to be allowed to be borrowed against other assets but they didn't you know because it was a many-to-many -many market they they had no option in like saying no if someone is using st soul as collateral and then they're taking on this like cascade failure risk so I, so basically you know i think it is important for lending market designers to be like planning for this and trying to prevent leverage staking from happening using their markets 100%. Mm. i mean yeah you, you can do the same thing with MakerDAO, like because it's a lending market behind the scenes but i i think you need to approach risk in a with a similar kind of diligence if you're gonna go down that road. Yeah. Yeah, maybe one final topic here, and Sam, I know you wanna talk about this, is the, the funding environment um, and uh, you know, the impact that, that that has on growth in the ecosystem. So you know, right now, um, I think fundraising is not, not easy. I mean, like, I think I've, I've talked to a lot of teams that are raising funds and um, they're, they're finding it challenging to raise funds, uh, you know, compared to maybe like last year. Um, also, I, I think I, I find valuations haven't come down that much. I feel like on the on the um, liquid like on the liquid side, like valuations have come down a lot. But startups that are raising are still raising at fairly high valuations. So, like, I thought this was the case after Terra collapse. So they're okay. Like valuations should come down. They came down a little bit, not so much, um, and and now they really should have come down. But you know, or at least in my mind, they should have. And I feel like they haven't yet. So, what, uh, like, a, you know, do we think that um, the funding environment will change fundamentally over the next year? And you know, what needs to happen for valuations to come down to more sane levels, or should they? Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't like give me any pleasure to discuss this topic, but I do think it's like really important. Um, like there's a lot of new entrants into the ecosystem. There's a lot of really great people in Cosmos that have not experienced a bear market. And like, you need to be really smart with capital management right now. Um, Cause if, the bear market lasts 18 months and like you can't raise for 18 months like you're gonna need to fire people or wind down and um yeah i mean everybody is gonna need to be i mean 
conservative in some respects and like smart with their capital deployment in, in other respects. Like if, if you are well capitalized, I think that there can be a, an enormous advantage to spending right now, but you, you really need to do so in like a, in a super deliberate way. Um, in terms of valuations, um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll, you know, the, the longer we're in the bear market, the, the lower the valuations are going to go. Um, uh, there's some very, the, the, really, as of, I don't know, uh, as of this year, there are like Cosmos specific funds um, or like funds that are really like zeroed in on Cosmos, which is amazing, super exciting. I'm trying um, to raise one. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Seb. Um, but they're going to be super discerning now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess just like word of caution, like bear markets don't take prisoners, you know. Sito, uh, is this something you've also observed? I know, like you, you have access to like tons of projects, and I think you're also doing a little bit of investing. What, what are your thoughts on like valuations right yeah, now? I mean, like like Sam was saying, I think the longer the bear market continues, the you know more everything will settle. Um, unfortunately, probably a lot of smart, good ideas uh, won't won't happen because they can't uh, maintain the funding. But um, yeah, I think yeah, as you say, right now we're it's still it's still quite high. Um, maybe another. Maybe we, we just have a boring year ahead of us. You know, like where nothing happens, Bitcoin just doesn't move. Everything dries out. Liquidity goes gradually down, and that's where we really like bottom out. The valuations hit a really bottom, and that's probably the time where the VCs and also like traditional um, funds are are getting interested again to place bets in crypto and diversify. So, um, but I think like there's so many things attached to it, right? Also the macro environment. Um, we haven't talked about this at all, but I think that also plays a big role. What's going to happen there? Um, regulation, right? Like there are so many things. So, yeah. But I, I mean, personally, I think, yeah, this year might just be a boring year. Um, and then towards the end of the year or early next year, uh, like early 2024, we might just see um, the real bottom with everything. Um, and then from there on, you know, there's like the, 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 all the bad actors are washed out. And then from there, we can just go back up again. But yeah, let's see. I, I have a hope for this year, which is um, there is a 10x, 100x improvement that we can make on community pool management. I mean, I was trying to get at some of this with Adam 2.0. People didn't love it, but there's we can be working way smarter than we are there. And, um, and I don't know, just a lot of people's just general framework for thinking about this is just completely wrong to be perfectly honest. Like they're, they're not rewarding talent and they're not getting people long-term incentivized and they're not like making smart spending decisions. You know, if, if there was, if anyone went into any stable coins six months ago, like we, they would be in a fantastic position right now. Um, 
So um, I, I do think that there's going to be a, a bunch of requests for community pool spends. Most of them are going to be terrible. Um, and yeah, and just better tooling, um, more kind of professionalized approaches to how, how, like, what is the component, what are the components of spending? Like, why are we spending, what are we spending on marketing as a percentage of our, like, total cash flows or, uh, you know, the, the total assets under management? Like, these are just, like, not questions that we're asking right now. Well, I mean, uh, like, there was a little bit of drama this week with, uh, with that whole osmosis ad on Bankless, uh, which, you know, people are scrutinizing. I, I actually think that, so I, I, you know, being a podcaster and, you know, having sold ads on a podcast, I think that's not like out of the, out of this world, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, the cost versus the benefit I mean, Bankless is like a huge audience. And, you know, it's th these sorts of things help also create awareness. And importantly, with, a different audience, right? And a like, different audience. No, no, no that, that was my whole point. Like, it's not only they have a huge audience, they have like a massive audience of people who you know, don't necessarily know that much about Cosmos or Osmosis. And, you know, when USDC gets turned on, like these are people who could, you know, potentially come come into the Cosmos ecosystem. So I, I support that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, there are some proposals I think that are uh, a little bit less. Um, yeah, I think like governance and community, community, schools, community pool spending really needs to improve. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that the tooling around this stuff really kind of starts to mature over the year. And yeah. I, yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I also think just, we just need to grow up with like mm -hmm. the, the call out culture stuff is like so toxic. Um, yeah. The, like we need to make sure that people who are working hard feel like, psychologically safe in their work and um and have at least a professional kind of tone around like how how we're kind of cordoning off work and and um asset allocation so um yeah i mean i, I think we we should be um just rethinking like the, the kind of supply chain there, like we should try to have KPIs that we're working towards and we can kind of like share some understanding of like what we're trying to achieve. Um, and, you know, and then work against some kind of, uh, or, or just like build a coherent strategy around that. Like, you know, maybe you think that 50K is a lot for a bankless podcast or whatever, but like, what what was the rationale behind the ad placement in the first place? It's like our objective is to grow the user base by X number of people with this kind of lifetime. And this is our allocation to do that. Like this is where we think that we can best spend our dollar. Like the you, you need to, to work in that order in order to even say anything coherent about wh whether this is a, the correct you know the, the correct allocation also yeah. to, to that to that point sam i think you know like the past two years and especially before ibc went live and shortly after 
everybody complained Cosmos is not is going to fail because it doesn't have marketing. Now you have a lot of people coming doing marketing, and yeah, maybe some of the things are not worth the money, um, but you also only know that after the fact, right? So, and 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 then there's a lot of people doing stuff, and then they get a lot of headwind, mm -hmm. right? Like we even got a lot of headwind for Cosmoverse, um, and it's it's uh, you know like like Sam is saying, I mean it. It, like we didn't get threats or anything, but still just to get this constant headwind from some people, it's a far minority, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think the far you, you mean for getting, for getting community pool money for mm -hmm. a sponsor. Yeah. Because we made on-chain proposals. Right. And like, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. AV companies and conference, uh, you know, venues don't accept Juno or Atom or Osmo. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, unfortunately we are in that position, but, um, this, you know, I, I think what, what Sam was raising that point, and maybe we can do a whole separate session about this with some other, other key people. But I think this whole point that there's a lot of toxicity, especially from accounts that are unknown, that don't have any followers, that are brand new, that are just probably like one person that's like multiple, has multiple accounts and it's just very aggressive and toxic and like spreading weird, weird theories or even like threatening people. I mean, we saw a lot of toxicity around Atom 2.0. So I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, wild, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd love to do, I'd love to do a, a chat about that with, uh, with some relevant people. I think you would be one of those relevant people. Yeah. We're, we're about ready to, you know, start uh, announcing things around Nebula Summit and, you know, this year we're, um, you know, last year we, we, we did get one on-chain proposal from Avmos and I think like the community supported that pretty broadly. And we were also, you know, one of the things that we did that I think most people, a lot more people should do is be accountable. Right. So like after the event, we published this post on Commonwealth and we said like, Hey, Avmos community, like this is what your marketing dollars got you with, you know, the, the, you know, the event, the people who attended the workshops, the, the talks, like all the, all the visibility on Twitter and everything. And like, I think this is something that we uh, like the commu different communities should expect more of. It's like when you do a, a, a proposal, you you should have some um, some deliverables to to show for it. Just like if you're working with like an agency or, or any any sort of service provider, you know, then maybe maybe some amount of um, you know time locked money or like money unlocked in. Um, in uh in different like uh, amounts over time when deliverables are, are met like of course this is something that you know um more complex like smart contracts could could achieve or like DAOs. um but yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm be, being in in the bear market compared to like last year when we when we asked for this money i'm one like i'm, I'm curious what kind of response we're going to get this year because we're probably going to be asking for more money and also like on, on separate chains. And so I think we're all going to get a little bit of pushback. Uh, uh, so, oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll definitely get a pushback. And also, like, you know, just like people that I'm sometimes really wondering, like, um, especially on Twitter. And again, like, it's mostly, it's, it's a far minority and it's mostly new accounts with no followers that nobody yeah. ever saw that are not engaged anywhere that are like hiding behind whatever uh, avatars or whatever that are just typing and sending messages from like, why would you even, why would you even send that? Like, why would you even create a, a cult of like toxicity that doesn't make any sense to me? So I think, yeah, this, this probably is also a side effect of the bear market. Um, people are just way more emotional right now. 
maybe lost a lot of money, right? Like we've seen literally people mm-hmm. lose everything overnight with Terra, with FTX. Like it's pretty brutal. Like this year or last year was really, really brutal. And I totally understand like when some people just get very, very emotional and like just go on the internet and just type whatever they want. But like to some point, again, I think um, they also got a lot of um, hate uh, for no reason. And there are some of the most passionate, active builders for so many years in Cosmos. Like we should all be learning from them instead of giving them headwind for having great ideas and being active, right? And I always say like when people complain, rather like if you complain, just propose a better idea and like try to gain traction with that idea. Don't just complain and, you know, create a cult around it. Just make something better. If you have a bad idea, just do it. Apparently some people know it better so they can just, you know, do it. But then they also don't do it, and then you know that's the end of the end of the days. So. You honestly don't even need to go that far. You just don't need to like fuck somebody else up. Like just ask a constructive question rather than like. Trying. I feel like you're speaking from experience. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's personal learnings here. A little bit of a little bit of bitterness. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So so on, on that on that topic and and uh, and I realize we're a bit over time here, but I do want to ask this question and because it's been asked a few times in the uh, in the chat uh, is what's what are the next moves for Adam 2.0? Um, I gotta say I'm I'm not fully clear on this. I know ICS is uh, is due to come on board, but or online. But what what about the other components and uh, what's the plan here? Yeah. Um... I mean, I think it's kind of a, I have my own opinions, but uh, clearly those opinions are not very, don't hold a lot of weight these days. So um, ICS is definitely, seems like there's a lot of support. Um, Liquid staking is like kind of the next logical step. Um, And so that potentially means adoption of the, the liquidity staking module. Uh, and then I, I wrote this on the, the forum. I, I, I think the path of least resistance is just kind of trying to double down on ICS go to market um, and, and, and trying to you know, solve some of these liquidity issues because that's going to be a big component. Great. Well, looking forward to ICS. Uh, I know there's a lot of chains that are that are due to launch on ICS, and you know it's something that I think the has a lot of support in the community, and people are just like kind of waiting for it. And um, and I think you know it it is certainly you know the part of the Adam Tupac proposal that had the like least resistance. So I'm excited for it. Um, maybe some last words, guys. What's uh, what what gives you the most hope for this year, and what gives you the most fear? Maybe I can, I don't know, maybe I can start something. Go for it. So, I mean, most hope, um, if we talk about Cosmos, like we talked about this in this show the the entire time, there's so much activity, so so many projects in the works. Um, IBC is going across different uh, ecosystems outside of Cosmos. Um, So I think Cosmos-wise, it's all on track. Um, crypto-wise and macro-wise, obviously there's a lot of uncertainties. We have to see how things play out. Um, but that's just also like, we can't influence that, right? Um, I think we as a community in Cosmos can just do our best to 
talk to each other nicer, to be a little bit more respectful, to also um, provide constructive feedback. Um, I actually like feedback, and I think all of us do, um, but it needs to be constructive and respectful. So I think uh, that's something we can work on um, as a community. <clears throat> but um, yeah, obviously the highlight for me is going to be customers this year um, uh, in probably Q3, um, Q4. So we're still working, uh, we're already working on it. Um, so that's going to happen. I'm really, really pumped about that. And also like what we want to establish is uh, satellite events around the world. So we already started with... Um, Atom Lisbon, uh, we had Atom Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. They just did um, autonomously without us as kind of like the organizers. They just did Atom Santo Domingo a couple of weeks ago. Um, Atom Bangalore happened uh, very recently. Um, the Indian community is also huge. So I think from a community um, and event perspective, um, there's a lot that's going to happen this year. And I think even if the even if there's no new capital being injected into crypto because macro is bad, still within crypto, the cards get reshuffled, right? And you see a lot of other ecosystems um, um, drying out a little bit or just not having a lot of demand right now. And what we talked about today, you can already tell that there's so much demand for Cosmos. So I think even though if crypto goes down as a whole industry, Cosmos might just you know still get more, become more popular. Um, also more valuable, right? I, I, I also would love to see Atom just, you know, get get up in the rankings a little bit because that's obviously also going to bring in a lot of eyeballs. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about everything and I'm in general a very per positive person. So um, there's not much that worries me this year, um, but there's probably a lot of things to worry about. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I have similar thoughts. Like the... The like Ethereum killers were, I mean, I think they're gonna they're gonna stick around, but like they weren't differentiated enough, essentially. Um, and the Cosmos ecosystem like brought real innovations. It took us a long time to build them, but that's like finally being validated. And um, one thing that's been super encouraging is like. For the first time this year, I've had folks from the Ethereum Foundation, folks from Flashbots, like, like the, the Ethereum is looking at Cosmos for ideas and, <laughs> yeah. and, and kind of leads on where they should go next. And that's, that's really um, validating. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I couldn't have said that until until this year. Like we, we hadn't really like crossed that threshold of of um, of, of kind of notoriety and and, and validation in, in some of the core theses. Um, I mean, yeah. What am I hopeful for? Uh, I mean, kind of like what I said at the beginning, right? Like, I think there's a lot of um, just really excited to keep executing on our roadmap, um, you know, bringing privacy, better custody solutions, um, starting to see like more applications like start, you know, Mars launching very soon, IBC and IBCX, Stream Swap, like all, all this stuff, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that's been like 
in works for a while, starting to actually start to be launched. Um, what am I worried about? Um, I mean, this okay, this is going to be like a little bit like complete, like on, out of left field. But I, you know, I want to I want to make sure that like there's enough innovation happening on stable coins uh, or like, you know, digital fiat currencies. I think that like, you know, obviously the Terra collapse, like kind of hit everyone really hard. And it also caused like a lot of regulatory backlash. Um, but I actually, you know, my strong belief is that, you know, kind of what there's a few major project products I want to I wanted to see happen in crypto. One was you know a privacy oriented DEX, but then you know another one was digital fiat currency, uh, like non non government backed fiat currency. And so, you know, I I think I'd like to make sure that you know we don't lose sight of that. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's it was originally the cryptocurrency industry, and if we're not trying to actually reinvent currency properly. It, you know, kind of, you know, I, I, I still think we can accomplish a lot, even like just through DeFi alone. But I think I'd, I'd still like to make sure we're making progress in the other stuff as well. I have one, one question for, sorry, one, one question for Sunny. Uh, where, which would you say would be the strongest competitor for Osmosis this year? Oh, uh, on which axis? I think Osmosis does a number of verticals um and like is it as a dex is it as a you know um cosmwasm development platform like on, on which axis i guess i would say as a dex as a dex um i would say honestly thorchain has been like crushing it recently like if you look at i actually think in the last one month thorchain's volumes are higher than osmosis's they've yeah. been integrated into trust wallet uh, as the native swaps and you know they're 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 focused beyond just the cosmos ecosystem which is also what you know we want to do as well but like if you look at actually the volumes of like swapping from eth to btc on thorchain it's actually quite impressive um yeah, was, so i was just looking know. at those numbers the other day they're they're putting up numbers um, yeah exactly so and I, they have integrations into into chains that you know axlar isn't reaching right now for instance yeah yep exactly so I, I i actually think that like out of the cosmos space dexes i think thorchain is probably the one that's like crushing it the hardest right now are you uh are, are you of the camp that think that uh uniswap will uh will move to its own app chain at some point I don't think they will, to be honest. Yeah. You think they can remain competitive uh, as a as a as an Ethereum smart contract? I mean, they they are on more than just Ethereum, right? They're on Polygon and, but yeah, I, I think they're I think they're taking a very you know uh, a deployment per EVM, and I, I think they are taking a very e I don't I don't I don't see them doing anything beyond other than EVM for a while, and I. You know, I think I think they're very all all in on this like EVM centric view of the world. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, on, on, like, can they can they remain competitive on pricing on on Ethereum with with their with Ethereum fees being so high plus MEV? But, but, like... but my point is like, you know, it doesn't have to be Uniswap on Ethereum, even if Uniswap the, the Uniswap instantiation on Ethereum gets like you know 
if let's say, let's let's say the Ethereum EVM world still wins, uh, mm. you know, even if it all goes to Polygon or uh, you know Ethereum L2s or whatever, you know, Uniswap's already there on all of those as well. So yeah. you know, the volumes might just move there instead. Yeah, right. Uniswap's okay. like their market is uninformed order flow, and to stay relevant, I think that they're going to need to go down the pay for order flow route like really hard, because um, they're not going to be competitive on the other dimensions. Like because they're doing this like per EVM thing, like the capital efficiency is all whack. Um, so they they just need to harvest that that uninformed flow. Yeah. All right, guys, we got to wrap this up. Um, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on this uh, on this very very fun panel. Uh, unfortunately, Felix had to drop off at some point, but thanks, Felix. I know you're probably listening. And uh, Cryptocito, Sam, Sunny. Uh, my, my thanks for for your for your time and for your fantastic insights here today and i know everybody uh watching absolutely appreciate it so thank you hope to, hope to do this again soon thanks man thanks for hosting yeah thanks, thank guys. you good luck everybody 2023 yeah cheers Bye.